1 Corinthians chapter 13, one of the, um, probably one of the most quoted chapters of the Bible, because it describes and defines love. And in the first few verses, it talks about what love really is. You know what love is not? It's not a feeling. It's not the Hallmark movie channel. Okay? It's not, you know, this, uh, you know, electricity that you feel and that attraction. Love is unselfishness. Love is considering somebody more than yourself. And and, um, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13 and 8, said love never ends. You know why love never ends? Because God is eternal. That here's tangent alert. Um, this is what gets me uh, when people just believe that we live this life for finite. We go back to the dirt, and that's the end. That's, it's just that's so tragic because uh, there is no. That relationship that, that I have with your dad, that, that relationship that I've had with others that have gone on to that reward, that love, that, I mean, that just doesn't all of a sudden evaporate. You're sitting here today thinking of loved ones, people that you've loved and that have loved you. Well, that doesn't end. It, it may, there may be a separation for a while, but that does not. Love never ends. And the exciting thing about it is, is as we get older, there's more on the other side that we're looking forward to than there is on this side that we're holding on to. If you're not there yet, I guarantee you one day you will be. And uh, so love never ends. But here's what it says. As for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for languages and other Translating, as for tongues, uh, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to, knowledge come to an end? How does that work? It goes on. It says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. Now, what is all, hang on, I'm going to try to put this together. It says, for now we see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. It says, now... I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. And these three uh, remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. When I uh, was a child, I spoke as a child. You know, it, it's, it's great watching these young people that, that just, you know, they come in, uh, you know, you see them infants and then they you know the, the process of time and watch them mature and some of them get to those awkward stages where they're in between being a child and, and being a young adult and and you, you watch that development and but there's a there's a time when sadly these precious little people all of a sudden they become grown-ups it's like what happened 
You know, there's something about the innocence of a child that's been protected and loved, and they don't have a worry in the world. You know, they just, you know, and, and especially in a, in a community like this where they're feeling loved and, and, and that protection, and, and they just, they're trusting everybody, and then reality comes, right? Somebody does you wrong, you get hurt, you know, all of, all of these things happen. But, but there's things, and I remember distinctly as a child growing up and saying, you know what, I'm not going to do that again. I'm, I'm outgrowing that. Or, or different ways thinking about life. When I all of a sudden, when I got to be um, mature, it's like, okay, you put away those childish things. It's not, you know something's wrong with somebody emotionally or mentally if they're acting like a child when they're full grown. Right? And, you, and we kind of feel sorry for them. But Paul, in, to the church in Corinth, he likens the revelation that's coming to us as if now we're, we're believing and acting as children, and one day we will know. Right now, the reality of it is, we know in part. It says we see in a mirror indistinctly. Well, today, as I was combing my hair and brushing my teeth and looking how old the guy looked in the mirror... It's pretty distinct reflection, but you can imagine 2,000 years ago, the mirrors were not the same. You didn't get a, a complete picture of what was going on. It was indistinct. It was an image that was there. It was, it, it was kind of not even just, you know, a, a something you could t- make it out that it looked like you, but you couldn't tell that your eyebrows needed to be clipped. That even though you cut the hair out of your ears, you, this, you, it needed to be done again. Must have been easier back then. <laughs> but the idea of indistinctly looking, we think, and here's the reality, and let me tell you those that are new or you've been here for whoever knows how long, you think you know, but I'm here to tell you, you don't. You know in part and there's got to be in your life, the, in the plan, when you have a plan of your own, and, and I, may, I make a plan, I make dimensions, and I'm going I'm to stick to the plan. I'm sticking to the plan. Well, I'm going to tell you, I made plans in my life, and God said, that's not my plan. And so what I've got to embrace is, I know in part, I don't have the whole story. And what I do know what I know, it's not what I believe, it's what I know, is that God loves me. You may not. And, and that's okay. And, and that's, you know, that's not everybody's going to love you. Right? You got to be okay with that. But the reality of it is, He does. And his love is, and what what that means, if you're going to understand what the love of God is, is he is unselfish towards me. And it never ends. It's something that he, he wants, I am convinced he wants what's best for me. Even when I don't understand it. So this morning... You know, Jeannie's she broke the upper bone and and her uh, just below her shoulder, and uh, it t- it takes a lot longer to heal. 
uh, and uh, you know she's still in pain, and she's trying not to take as much pain meds, and she, you know she's try- she feels good. She does a little bit more than she should. So this morning I'm going through my routine in my in my um, uh, office there in my study, and she comes in and she said, "Would you help me get a box?" I said, "Yeah," and I I, I walk in. She said, you need to put that one away. And here's this box sitting uh, on a countertop in our bathroom. And I went to lift it, and it was heavy. She had taken it out of the closet and put it on. And, and I lifted it. Was, I said, don't do that. And it instantly, ear, tears come. But it wasn't, I wasn't saying don't do that as in don't do I'm like, she, she wants, she thinks that uh, I'm doing too much. She wants to do things for herself. So she don't want to burden me with doing stuff. I want my don't do that was I, I honey, I want to do this for you. Yes. That I, I, I want, I don't want you. I, I, when she, the tears come, I said, no, honey, I'm not mad. Honey, I just want you to be healed. I want you to be healed. I, I want you to take, I want to baby you as much as you need, but not more than you need. <laughs> because, let me tell you something. When God says, don't do that. Because he wants you to be healed. He wants you to be whole. People think, oh, God's a bunch of rules and regulations. You're not head. That's ridiculous. God is love, and God's love is saying, don't do that, because it hurts you. Oh, he's raining on my parade. Honey, you've been down that road before. What kind of parade is that? He knows it hurts you. And when he says, don't do that with, you know, that's because a child running into the street, you say, stop. Oh, do you have to use your, do you have to be so loud? Sometimes it's the only way you hear him. Listen, he wants you to be whole. You check on the water, you're the man. Uh, he wants you to be healed. He, when he speaks into your life, there's times his love is just, it's gentle, it's kind, it's, it, it's, it's considerate, it's all of those things. But there's times it's like, man, have you ever heard, heard him t- speak to you like that? It's not because... Oh, God's a God of judgment. Yes, He is. He's a God of judgment, and He took our judgment. That's amazing. We have, we have absolute freedom. But, yeah, we, we have the freedom to be stupid. But when we do dumb things in our lives that continue to hurt us, God says, please, please don't. And, and, and so the idea of... of, of knowing and having a plan of our own, that's great. But God's plan is greater. It's bigger. It's something that if if we come to understand it, here's we are so limited. You know, our consciousness from the time we're infants, when we we begin to see the world and 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 develop, that we we think. Uh, uh, life only exists between the time we take our first breath until it ends. 
But there is a spiritual world out there that is much bigger than we are. That we play a part in. That I don't know the part that we play totally. Why? Because I only know in part. But I'm telling you that God has a plan that is much bigger than yours and mine. And the idea of trusting Him and loving Him and, and, and giving yourself to Him is, is allowing these things to work out in our life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and realize that God still has our best intention. Well, that takes a lot of faith. It takes some faith when you go through some really tough things. But if I look back at the history of my life, what I'm living right now is an experience of God's just amazing goodness that's continual over and over and over again. And it's caused me to realize that He does love me and that I can trust Him even when things, His plan is not my plan. So here's what it says here. And I just want, I want to, how many of you know God's got a bigger plan? Okay. How many of you know we're part of a bigger plan? Well, I, I'm telling you more than just your life here. So get this. It says here in Ephesians chapter 3 in verse number 8, it says, the grace was given to me. And he makes this uh, declaration, the least of all the saints. Who, who, who wrote Ephesians? Paul. How many think he's pretty great? I'm telling you what, man, he wrote a bunch. Uh, the, the revelation and understanding and all of these things, and yet he writes to Ephesus, he says, the grace was given to me. And then he makes a declaration, the least. You know, if you're trying to be better than somebody else, you ought to just stop. Because the reality of it is you're not. And you're never going to be. I, you ought to be okay just being you. Right? The, the idea of this being a competition, you ever been in a church where it's a competition? That is totally disgusting. We're trying to one-up each other. Be better than I'm more spiritual than. And I don't care how spiritual you are. You don't have the whole picture. You know in part. I'm okay with that. As a child, I was not worried one bit about uh, the geopolitical world. You know what I was worried about? Whether I could get enough worms to get, to get down to the creek with. If I had enough money to buy some number eight hooks, I, I was worried about. You know, I didn't worry about whether or not the interest rates were going from five to eight percent. I had no concern about gas prices. I didn't, because I was a child. I was just man, oh man. I was raised on a farm. It was like summertime was forever. It was awesome. Yeah, it's just one good day after another after another. And then you grow up and you realize all these responsibilities. And if you're half the man that God's called you to be, you wouldn't, you'd make sure your children had the same freedom that they're not worried about it. Because one day they'll have to. 
they'll have to make a plan. But so the idea and the reality of of uh, Paul's declaration here, I get back to it, the the least of all the saints. He says. Uh, he said, the grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of the Messiah. We're unable to fully comprehend all of what God has done. And to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden from ages in God who created all things. Here it is. Let me read it again. And to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Paul's saying, listen, I want you to see. I want to to shed some light on this. It's not like the whole place is going to be lit up. But I'm going to show you some things. So you ready to see something? Want to see part of God's plan? His eternal plan? His plan that goes beyond our Limited life? Hey, Paul, Paul clicks the light on. We get to see part of it. He says, uh, this is so God's multifaceted wisdom may be known by, or may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heaven. This is according to his eternal purpose accomplished in the Messiah, Jesus our Lord. Okay. What the heck did he just say? What is that all about? This is so God's multifaceted wisdom may be known, uh, may now be made known through who? Who's the church? God's multifaceted wisdom is going to be made known through the church to who? People and beings we haven't even seen yet. And you're worried about your stub toe. And, you, and I understand. Oh, and you're worried about, okay, well, what, what's going on right here, right, right now? And you're worried about your plan not going, going together. And the reality of it is God has a much bigger plan. I mean, incredible plan. That through the church, well, that's through, no, no, no. You know what? He's using me. He's using you. He's going to go through the church. He's going to bring his multifaceted wisdom is going to be revealed to spiritual beings through us. Well, I I thought I was just trying to avoid hell. Right? I I mean, who wants to be lost? No, there's a greater plan. Well, I thought I was just trying to get through life and, you know, stumble through. and, and, And no, there's a greater plan. Well, but, but, but my life's a mess, and I'm, I've been addicted. I've been, you know, um, bound in sin, and I'm oppressed and all those things. And God's going to show his wisdom through your deliverance. Well, but, but I, I was in the church, and I, you know, and I, and I fell away, and I did all of these stuff. And, 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 man, I just don't feel like I deserve it. And, and, and let me tell you something. God's got a plan. And he's going to use your life. And he's going to make a declaration to beings that we have never even seen before. And if we saw him right now, it'd probably scare the fire out of us. But God, through the church, is going to make known his plan to his spiritual world around us. 
You say, well, man, I've just lived my life so empty and vain, and here I am, and I'm older, and I feel like I've wasted so much time. But I'm going to tell you something. God still has a plan. And he's going to take your life. And, you, you, you know, we, we get this idea of time that God works outside of time, and he's going to take your life and make it so incredibly valuable beyond the value that you don't even see. He's going to make a declaration to beings that you've never even known. And you're worried about gas prices. And you're worried about whatever. And I'm here to tell you what, God's plan is bigger than ours. And any time I put a plan together, it has never worked out exactly like I wanted it to. Ever. And so I'm very comfortable at this stage of my life to say, Lord, I'll make a plan. Because I think you all need one. But man, I am ready, willing, and able to be detoured by you in any moment. Because what I do know, okay, is that he loves me. I know that. And because I know that, then I'm going to trust him. You're going to trust him when tragedy strikes? Yeah. Why? Because... The resurrection put to rest the idea that life ends there. So those that we've lost, seemingly we haven't lost anybody. We'll be, we will be reunited. Yeah, is there grief for that? Yeah, but does God have a plan? Yes, he does. And I'm going to tell you this. And then you're going to stand. Well, let's stand, then I'll tell you this. I told you the, the dream I had about the angels. Uh, just very briefly, you know, and this was a dream from God, without a doubt. I, I was um, sitting at a table, two angels on the other side of me, indistinct. I, I couldn't see features, but I knew they were angelic beings. And they said, wait, I'm sent here. They, they both you were talking were sent here to answer whatever question you have and i'm i mean this was a this was a real thing this was not oh you're you, you know you had chicken wings and pizza no this was a god moment he was speaking and i realized oh my goodness man i get to ask whatever i want like i better i better be careful and so i'm like uh what's important what's important i said i said okay I want to know that I've done everything right. And you know what they did? They threw their head back and laughed hysterically. And they were as if I almost thought one of them was going to fall out of their chair. But they just thought that was so funny. It was almost like you ever see a child do something so hilarious. And, and you're not mad. You're not. It's just like, oh, that isn't that the cutest, funniest thing you've ever seen? <laughs> they didn't rub my head. But the reality of it is, we don't know. And you got to be okay with not knowing. 
And you got to be okay with knowing that my father knows. And you know what? All I got to worry about is really show me where the worms are. I, I can I can rest in his prom I can. I can rest in his promises. And I can know I can know that there is a plan so far greater than mine that when it, my plan falls apart and, and hurt and the heartache comes, I just know I just know I can trust him. And that he's gonna make it all right in his time. And so Father, today as we just look to you again. I'm asking uh, that you would touch hearts, that those that you've spoken to, that their plans seemingly are falling apart. God, would you just speak to their hearts and, 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 and let it... Sometimes our plans need to fall apart so your plans can be put in place in our lives. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to bring revelation and understanding right now. To bring healing and wholeness right now. God, I thank you for it. I bless you for it. Come on, let God touch you. Let God touch you. You got to be okay. You got to be okay with God being in control. You got to be okay. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, His presence right now, right here, right here, to speak to you. In the name of Jesus, we're going to pray together. If, if you feel that unction, if you feel that, that pulling, that drawing of God, I don't, don't sit back on it. Respond to Him this morning. We, we make this place a place <clears throat> just that we're... We focus, we pray, we pray for you. So come on down and pray with us. Jenna's going to come back now and get ready to be baptized. But we, I want you to come down and I want you to just say, God, I surrender to you this morning. I'm going to surrender my plan to your plan. In Jesus' name. He is jealous for me. He loves for you. like a hurricane. So, we talk about deliverance today, Ray. So I, so Ned met me in the bathroom, but I'm going to go over there in a second. So when you talk about deliverance, as a believer, we think like demons, right? Or uh, um, evil spirits, right? Or, oh, no, we're all believers. We don't have that, right? We don't, we're not afflicted. We, we are holy. Or the devil cannot touch us, right? And unfortunately, we're wrong if we think that way. Right, so I'm going to share something that just happened to me in a parking lot, okay? At the parking lot, I got hit with a really, you know, something that I didn't want to hear. And it was five feet from the door. Before I walked to the door, I, my, my entire domain, domain was just sunk to the ground. Every hope that I had, was, it just vanished out of me. I walked through that door just defeated, right? I was like, oh my God, so where does that come from? Right, come from, from my, own, my own thoughts, like the thoughts that I have was mine. Like the thoughts that I had because of something that I heard, it was mine. It was like, you know, I thought of that or God gave it to me. No, it wasn't. It was the enemy, right? It was the devil. I'm going to call it what it is. It's a devil, right? Out there is the devil. Out there is the evil spirit, right? That we don't recognize what they're capable of. 
If, but if we don't recognize, it doesn't matter because it's going to come at us no matter what. No matter if you believe or not, He exists and He's going to try to destroy you. Right? So I walk in and I give uh, um, uh, Glenn a hug and it wasn't the hug that I always gave it to him. I was defeated. I give the man a, the poorest hug that I think I ever gave it to him. I'm not kidding. Yeah, so it sounds funny. So I got into the bathroom, right? And then that was Ned. I mean, he just gave me a sucker punch, if I can call it that. You know, and he was like, Moses, what God's going to do today? And I was like, uh, whatever he wants to do, that's where my answer is, right? Whatever. And then he just began to tell me what God's going to do. And then and God's going to do this. No, today's going to be deliverance. You know, all those things are going to happen. Guess what that did to me? It just raised me up. From, it just brought me out of the grave. Now, listen to this. Why that did to me? You know why? what he said to me did what he did to me because it was the truth he spoke the truth in my life you know when we speak the truth things move when we align ourselves to the truth it's impossible right it's impossible to not to happen so what that that was a simple message the man was like floating in the air and there they come like looming group and then grumpy and it's like oh my day ended he just spoke the truth over my life what is the truth what is the truth people what it is the truth Right? What is the truth? You know, God has a plan for us just like Pastor preach, right? That is the truth. The truth is you are free. The truth is Jesus Christ died on the cross so you can be healed, so you can be free, so you can do everything that you're meant to do. So you are free. So today is is a good day. Devil, you got nothing on me today. Like today, you are free. You are healed. We're going to do what we plan to do because God made it for you. Today, you are free. You are free because he paid for you the price. You are free because he loves you. Not because of what you did, but because he loves and he did. Because he loves the simplest there. Right? If you align our thoughts with the thoughts, I wish, Michaela, can you help me? Can you, can you say, what's that? For second, uh, second Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. For though I walk in the flesh, I do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of my of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled can I put that that's it people so so if you got if you have anything today that needs to be you need to be set free from it's stepping here. Even if you don't step in here, right? I pray that I bind every work of the enemy that is up here tonight. I set everyone free, not by my own authority, but by the authority of Jesus Christ. That gave it to me. Today, I'm taking authority of the spirit that is taking you, you, all of you captivity. And you are free, not by my mind, but by Jesus Christ. And Jesus, so the order is open. You can come in and pray with us. or receive your freedom right now where you stand on. Yeah.